Hey everybody, welcome to Naval Gazing. Uh, my name is Eugene Driscoll. Wait, what happened? I said you just right into it. <coughs> I said I'm shot. Hi everybody. Yeah. Uh, before I begin, I want to read a word from uh, our sponsor, ValleyGivesBack.org. The best uh, gift builds a better tomorrow. Hey, can you? Can we? Hey guys, don't talk until you're introduced. Oh, I'm stealing something from the Bobby Lee podcast, Tiger Belly. The you best gift. The best gift builds a better tomorrow. Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what mattered to you. Making a gift that costs nothing during your lifetime is easy, Stefan, and revocable if things change. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action will inspire others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about plan giving options. Plan now, give later, impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. I have trouble with the gives back. I sort of. You do a nice job with that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Maybe very I have a smooth, second career. Very... Anybody ever go into voice acting at 45 years old? Does that happen? <laughs> Leo Paul, the former mayor of Litchfield, has a voiceover business. We can get you his number. All right, let's talk about that. Yeah, all right. Off mic. So I want to welcome to the podcast. This is uh, I've had this is the second podcast I've recorded uh, this evening. It's November sixth, the day after election day. I'm not sure exactly what order I will uh, post them, but joining me for a post-election babble, I guess, is Seymour First Selectman Kurt Miller. Welcome back, Mr. Miller. Good evening. And then returning to the podcast is Stefan Bahuniak, the chairman of the Seymour Democratic Town Committee. Hello, Stefan. Hello, Eugene. Stefan looks like death warmed <laughs> over. He hasn't slept. How are you feeling, Stefan? Are you going to be able to make it? Th- and you guys just came from a board of select meeting, correct? Yes. Yeah, nothing uh, Nothing energizes me quite like a Valley Indy uh, navel gazing episode. So I, I'm, I'm ready to go all night. All right. So uh, how did, uh, where do you guys want to start? I'm actually, you know what? I'm as tired as Stefan. Uh, this was my idea. Actually, Kurt, you sent me a text yesterday at about 10 p.m while I was in the middle of uh, trying to put together a number of stories on what was going on in Derby and Sonia. Derby and, and Sonia, and nothing on Seymour. Oh, well, and Seymour. Well, 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 we do every two years in Seymour with the... Sto- all, you do every all, two years, you do all, a story on Seymour? Oh, when you guys, you know, are having, uh, uh, you know, when you're asking the public to whatever, spend $100 million on tablecloths or whatever that recreation <laughs> thing was. Uh all right, now let's start. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, we are off to quite a start. This is going to be a fun three and a half hours. So, all right, so let's start on that. Can I get a second uh, bottle of water? You, yeah, we've got. I've got all right. unlimited water here. That's amazing. Yeah, I don't. Should we budget. start about the recreation center? Because there were some questions online on a uh, Valley Indy Facebook uh, today 
or uh, one person said, well, wait, we just rejected the community center, the ask for $15 million. We said no, but the town is moving ahead anyway mm-hmm. uh, in some form. So maybe provide an update. I don't know how to like broach this subject without going through the entire backstory, but basically the town asked for permission yesterday on election day from voters to borrow $15 million for a new recreation center. However... It didn't mean that the town was necessarily going to spend $15 million. You were looking to do perhaps private-public partnership, mm-hmm. some type of... Maybe I'll just throw it over to you. Because well, I've sat through 90 minutes, and I'm, I don't want to miss... 90 minutes about this subject. I right. don't want to mischaracterize it. Uh, well, I just want to qu- stop talking. The question specifically asked, can we borrow... $15 million to build a community center. It didn't ask, do people want us to build a community center or not? It was just, can we borrow the money to do so? Um, so what we wanted to do was to stimulate conversation because we have a very hard time sometimes in Seymour engaging the residents. So we did things a little bit differently, and I think we can all agree uh, that there's been an awful lot of conversation in the last week as people realized this vote was coming up. They started asking questions. A lot of people were pushing around the podcast that we did. Yeah, I can tell you from uh, like an analytical uh, Facebook page view thing, it took off in the last week. Yeah, I, I had I had reposted it just because I needed some new content, and uh, you know we had done that a month ago. Yeah. And yeah, it really did. It seemed like it seems like people ignore everything until the last possible second because everyone's got busy lives. Right. But uh, I didn't so, expect the vote to be that close. To be honest with you, I thought it was going to be a, a bigger spread, similar to the. You know, the way the road vote went, where people were so positive for it and very few voted against it, that's kind of what I expected. Um, you know, the biggest pushback I saw from people, and I'm you know, sure Stefan will weigh in too, was, you know, we like the idea of a community center. It's just we don't know enough about it. We don't have any of the specific details. And while, you know, we were able to provide some details in the podcast and things like that, there's still a lot of open areas. So what we're going to do now is we're going to move forward with that process. So at our first meeting in December, we're going to name a building committee. And then that building committee is going to start the process. So there'll be a lot of residential engagement. Uh, We'll have public hearings. We'll do survey monkeys, things like that, trying to bring in as much information as we possibly can from the residents. Let me just interrupt for one second, though, and refresh my memory. I know we've talked about this before, but why, why ask the question? In the first place, if you're going to do this committee, well, we're going to do you, we're, we're going to do this to get all a along. certain number in, in this vote. Like, will you do you have like a developer who is saying, "Hey, I'll I'm willing to invest if you you know if if, if their support is at least sixty forty, I'll do something." Or well, we have two developers that are interested. Um, Did in, they want you to gauge one. the public sentiment before no. committing or anything like that? No, that was from our perspective. Again, we struggle sometimes with residential engagement. And the concern that I have is that if we went the other way and did it kind of the traditional way where we put seventy-five dollars or $100,000 up front, did all the planning, that we might ultimately get voted down. So before we invested any money... I wanted to kind of stimulate the conversation. Shock see and where, Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's exactly what it was. And you saw how much the conversation started. We've been literally talking about this since the spring. And, you know, the, the residents finally became engaged in the last week. And it's not like it was hidden. It's been out there. But that was the whole goal of this. So now no one can say, well, I'm surprised we're building a community center or I don't 
know anything about it. Everyone knows that we want to build a community center. Now they just want to know all the specifics. So hopefully over the next three or four months, we'll be able to specifically put that together, get that plan out there. So all those people that said, you know, I, I would love a community center, but I'm voting no because I don't have any information and I absolutely get that. We're now going to provide them all the information that they need. So hopefully the one objection that they had, and I mean, Stefan, in, you know, in fairness, he, he voted no, supports the community center, but didn't feel there was enough information out there. So when we talked the selectmen about moving the question through, he voted no, and that's what he said. Um, and we understand that. So will hopefully now— out, Will you have to get a, do another vote down the road? Um, if we don't borrow money, then no. We don't necessarily have to do that. It would be Board of Selectmen, Board of Finance, and then a town meeting. So it would be the way we would enter into any other contract if we went into a public-private partnership. But again, we're going to have, like I said, public hearings— uh, you know, invite the residential input. It's not something that we're just trying to sneak through. It's is, just we chose to do it differently. Are you worried at all that you might have tainted sort of the jury pool on this? Because there are people who are saying on social media right now, whether that is representative of the whole town, who knows? Well, wait, we just said no. No, this is you can't get another uh, shot at the whatever that phrase is. Bite we, we, we've already, yeah. A bite at the apples. Thank you, Stefan. Well, From the, the bleachers. What we can do is when we vote on the budget in um, April or May, we can just add a question. Do you want to borrow? At that point, we'll know the exact amount. So let's say it's, you know, eleven million four hundred sixty-two thousand. We can put that specific question and have it voted on during the budget referendum if we choose. So. And the motivation behind this is not because you're just like looking for like the Kurt Miller Memorial Gym or something like that. No. You have a community center now that's a dump. Yeah, it's it's falling apart. Um, you know, we've uncovered more problems just in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to have to spend millions just to bring it up to, to snuff, and we don't add any programming space. And the biggest issue we hear from residents is, you know, there's not enough programming going on. We wish we could have more for the kids. We wish we could have more for the seniors. We wish we could do more stuff for the, you know, the 20, 30-year-olds. This community center would allow us to do that. Stefan, did you want to weigh in on the community center issue? Because I, yeah, you did. You didn't like sure. the process, but you ended up voting actually yes on the question. If I am guessing correctly, we can't. Talk. You might have the flu, Stefan. I don't know if you're awake right now. It's impolite to ask how someone votes, Eugene. I My job is to be impolite. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I definitely support uh, a new community center. Uh, you mentioned that our community center is a dump. I think that's a slap in the face to our dump, which is actually a lovely place to go. Probably my favorite town-owned property. Um, the community center is not a great place to go under any circumstances. Um, and Wait, what? You just lost me. <laughs> I can't tell. You're so deadpan, I can't tell if you're being serious I'm, or not. I'm dead serious. I, I, I yeah. called it a dump, but it's not a dump. Correct. Oh, no, no, no. It is a dump. It's, oh, gotcha. it's okay, an okay. insult to dumps. And to when guess. I say dump, <laughs> when yes. I... Okay, gotcha. Because gotcha. our transfer station, Bingo, there it colloquially... Is whatever that word is known as the dumb right, gotcha. is very nice in comparison gotcha okay. so um but yeah no I, I definitely think that we need to not be afraid to spend money on a, on something like a community center um you know to kurt's point what he said earlier i did vote no on uh putting it on the ballot because for a couple of reasons one um at that time we we had very little information we still don't have a lot of information but that's you know kind of by design uh, i'm a little worried that and it was a, a much closer vote than I anticipated that it would be. I thought it would be two to one against. Um, so I was actually kind of happy that it 
it uh, was as close as it was. But but to the point you brought up earlier, you know, if if we do go ahead and say we're going to be starting, um, you know, we're going to be starting the process of building a new community center, let's say next next summer, people might be like, whoa, we just said no. Um, I don't know if that'll be the case. I feel comfortable, more comfortable because there is going to be a number of opportunities for the public to weigh in uh, going forward. There's going to be a town meeting. There's going to be many uh, board of selectmen meetings and uh, board of finance meetings, which are very sparsely attended traditionally. But if we can get the word out that this is going to be on the ballot or uh, you know on the agenda, people might show up. Uh, I just think that the public deserves to have some input. Um, so I'm not, you know, I'm not upset really with the process and it, it was a good fact finding mission. And I do hope that we get a new community center ASAP. And then in terms of engaging the public going forward, I mean, this might be real dry, but heck it's the Valley Indie podcast, man. Uh, <laughs> that's what you come for. That's right. That's right. Uh, robo calls. Can you get like, how do you, how do you reach people? Cause man, we're all so busy. You know, like I had somebody today. Oh, actually, it was a it was a a post. I think something to do with the community center that we had posted last night or possibly the day before about the vote or something. And somebody said, "Yeah, I'm going." Somebody didn't know the vote had happened, and they were encouraging people to vote. Sixteen hours after polls closed. So, how do you? Uh, is there any? What's the? If people didn't realize yesterday was election day. I'm not 100% sure there's anything we can do to encourage those people to come out. If you look at the budget every year, we do social media stuff. There's mm. stuff in the newspaper. Uh, we generally use the code red system to remind them. We generally vote on the budget in April or May, but every year I get accused of hiding the budget process, mm. that I'm doing this in secret. It, it's a struggle to get people out. I mean, other than going literally door to door, which I think Bowen basically hit every door in Seymour, and talked about this. So That's Christopher Bowen, that a Democrat, yes. now a member of the, the Seymour board, board of Selectmen. So, I mean, he banged a million doors, it seems. So, I mean, people knew that the... Are you being sarcastic? No, I'm okay. not. Right. He banged, sorry, he banged a ton of doors. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, so, I mean, people knew there was a, a vote going on. I, I don't know how else we get them to the polls other than picking them up and actually driving them there. Kurt wouldn't be surprised, but Eugene, you might be surprised to know how many people that I that know I'm involved. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and they say, Oh, are you running again this year? And I say, yes. And they're like, Oh, when is, uh, when's the voting happening? When is election day? As if it's not always the first Tuesday following the first Monday of November every mm -hmm. single year. Right. Um, so there is, there is a, a gap in, uh, the public consciousness, I guess, of election day. Um, you see that bore out. Like we, I think voter turnout was actually up a little bit this year, um, in terms of municipal elections, but it's still only about 30%. Um, in a presidential year, you might see 70%. Right. So it's, you know, there's there's a lot of people who only vote on what they consider to be the big ones. Mm, the important um, ones, yeah. So they kind of tune out every, all the conversation. And it is it is always fascinating to be, you know, on this side of it, right, like being on the board of selectmen and knowing that certain things have been talked about ad nauseum. Uh, and then someone says, why was this done in secret or in hiding? And it's like, well it's all on the town website right. it, it's been talked about in several meetings and in, in, by in several seymour, boards sometimes in seymour you're like light years ahead of uh, some of our neighboring communities and that like you can turn on channel 10 and actually watch a board of selectmen meeting. we're not there yet we need to be broadcasting all um all town meetings on youtube oh yeah do you think that'll be happening like P I think it should P i think our first selectmen should issues. start carrying that uh that mantle and really pushing for that we have the technology Wow, on his way out the door, he throws the gauntlet down. I don't have to. I don't have to be nice anymore. <laughs> I, 
No, I, and I, I agree. I would love to have, and we've talked about this, having every meeting in the drummer room, but some boards just refuse. The board of ed is, you know, it's not the room's not big enough. The dais that we sit on is not enough. Where would you put the superintendent? Some of these people just don't want to be on tape. And Wilson can stand. Yeah, Wilson's uh, tall though. We'd have to bring the camera way back to, just to have fit him, him in. Stand there like lurch. Yeah, but no. I, the uh, more we put it out, I think the better off it it is. So I would love to have every single meeting on online so people can see him. And so tonight, Stefan, was your last Everybody board of selectmen meeting. He's it, gonna go crazy. It is. It is not. I do have one more. Uh, the new board takes uh, takes office at the beginning of December, so I have one more uh, November meeting. Oh, that kills that. So I don't care then. Yeah. Right. Well, if you look back over, how many years are you on? Uh, four years. Wow. We're getting them a cake. It's a uh, pretty, pretty fast time flies. Yeah, it has been quick. Positive yeah. experience. Oh, ambivalent. great. No, okay. great experience. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't really ask for more. I think it was awesome. Uh, you know, I don't think by any means this will be the last, the last time I'm on an elected board, or you know, I'm still on appointed boards and things like that. But foreshadowing. Uh, getting. Well, yeah. I'm afraid. I'm, Foreshadowing. Like, I, I'm afraid Stefan's gonna because Ray, you're newly married. Yeah. Right. You got a lot of stuff going on. Like sometimes. Shout out to my wife Jen. Hello, She's Jen. Keeps keeps yes. it all together. That's a big thing. That's something people right. don't, don't talk about a lot. Is uh, how much of a sacrifice it is uh, for you personally, but also for your family. Yep. Um, they have to pick up the slack a lot, uh, a lot because you know there, it's not uncommon for me to be at meetings four nights a week. Uh, be out on the weekends doing campaigning, um, you know, and just and a lot of people fade away because they just can't give the commitment. Right, you're, it's, you're sticking it's, around. Uh, I'm taking some time uh, to to kind of unwind a little bit here. Uh, my life has been massively hectic for the last year, inside and outside of politics. Um, so I need a little bit of a a little bit of a, a comeback or a little bit of a pullback for uh, for a little while. But I'm I'm not by any means going away. Um, I'll still be very involved. I'll probably still go to a lot of the board of selectmen meetings just to, you know, push the buttons. But <laughs> <laughs> and along that line, Kurt, I mean, you've now been in a while there. Like, right, your son is now in college, right? How old yep. was he when you first became uh, a first, first selectman? Uh, Ten. Wow. So, what impact does? I mean, you're always out. I know. Yep. Like, I, I've. It's anytime I text you, it, you know morning noon or night you respond how have you managed to stay on without I, you know your wife throwing you out i think she's used to it at this point she just my wife will just continue doing whatever it is and if i can't go that's as she put it that's your loss so if you have to miss a family event or a game or something but i mean you know first life does allow you some flexibility with your schedule so like today, I was able to leave, go watch my daughter play soccer, and then you can come make back. it work for you. Yeah, so I was able to see her game this afternoon, and I came back and was able to do everything that I needed to do. So it is an important thing to keep in mind, I think, especially now in the social media age, where you know we can all go on to a community page or the Valley Indy mm -hmm. Facebook page and just bash the opposition, quote unquote, uh, party, and forget that. Yeah, we're all at the end of the day, freaking neighbors, man. We don't do that in Seymour, though. Yeah, it's almost well. I mean, we have our yeah, disagreements. I can, our, I can bring up some but stuff. But we don't. But it's not nasty like in some of the other towns. I mean, it's it's right. cutthroat. Well, let's talk about, before we get to, to cutthroat nasty towns, Mr. Miller, uh, <laughs> just about the, the, the race in general. I mean, it was, there wasn't much of a race, I guess, this year. What are, what's your take on it? 
You got a new uh, board of selectmen, right? Who he got? Chris Bowen is the new guy. That's Chris, it. That's, that's, that's it. It's right? just a swap okay. him for him for me. Yeah, there was really nothing. I think the biggest competition was um, we put up more Republican members for the board of police commissioners, so they were kind of fighting for spots. Yeah. And who ended up? Uh, do you know who got on the board of police commissioners? Oh uh, yeah, it's, uh, John Duke filled the two-year term uh, that Frank Conroy had, and then it's uh, Kyle Kelly. Uh, Dave Bitso, and uh, Tommy Bennett. All right, congratulations. Uh, from your side, I know, Stefan, like, it's hard to be the head of the Democratic Party in a town where Chris Bowen has pointed out uh, on Facebook that uh, it's Republican. Yeah. Right? Uh, Rosa DeLauro, nationally known, yeah. wins everywhere in the Valley, a uh, Democratic congresswoman. Loses in Seymour. Well, like that's an that is a Republican. Funny, town. funny enough about Rosa. Uh, I'm very friendly with Rosa, um, although less friendly now that she lost Seymour this last time around. Um, <laughs> she, but she, I thought uh, I thought the, I well, thought she the political campaign in Seymour a couple of years ago, right? I remember I remember being at Seymour High School and Rosa Lauro came in. That must have been a while back. I yeah, don't know. Was, yeah. uh, before my time, but she I, I remember vividly after uh, 2016. Uh, when she had won every town in her district it's, except Prospect, and every time I would see her, she would curse out the Prospect. <laughs> and so I was like, wow, okay, we got to make sure we don't go down that path. And then the last time around, she lost, and so I had to kind of hide my head and, and, and pray that I uh, don't run into that her. I don't, yeah, I don't see her as much or that she, she's feeling charitable when she does does see me. But um, no, Rosa's great, though. I love Rosa very much. Um but to to get back to your question, um, I will. I go on a lot of tangents now. That's right. No, that was actually no, that was perfect because you you set up the whole thing. And I'm not saying Seymour is a bad town because it's Republican. Take it easy, commenters. Well, I just mean because that's you're your out, opinion. You're you're, you're get them, Demko. Get them. <laughs> no, you're you're outnumbered. Yeah, we so. Um, there's there's a lot of factors. And it's, you just went through a race. What's your what's your summation of how your side, for lack of a better word, did? Although um, there's nothing Seymour's I, friendly. It's it's friendly, yeah. To it's to a certain point, it's friendly. Um, it's as friendly as as it really can be. Uh, there's always some built intention, but it's um. If I had to assess this year, I would say that uh, we we failed miserably, um, and it really starts with me. Uh, we made some different choices this year to try to go after some uh, under ticket uh, seats as opposed to some of the t- higher ticket seats. Um, like and Z, like you running, yeah, the planning P&Z? and zoning, uh, board of police commissioners. We we put up more candidates than we were allotted in in most of the other races, but we didn't do it for uh, first selectman or board of selectmen, which everybody's like, oh, why didn't you do that? And I was like, well, look at the results. You know, their most popular people typically are in those positions, so we weren't going to win those no matter what. Um, I thought we might have some success down, but really what it did was uh, it made a lot of our people very uh, complacent, and a lot of our people. Uh, decided to sit this one out and that's you know that's a failure of leadership that's my uh, that's my failure to not uh inspire and engage enough of our people into actually running a race um and the results showed that two years ago we were very close to winning some seats um for example a board of education seat we lost by about 30 votes uh, we would have flipped it to have a majority um this year we were you know hundreds of votes away in every race uh so it, you just you see that you kind of get what you deserve uh, when you don't. When you're not willing to put in the work. Uh, you you get 
you get crushed, but especially when we're up have... against it in the way that we are in Seymour. Right. I was going to say couldn't have been that. May- I mean, you said voter turnout was just about normal because I because my it was, sense it was actually it was a little up every, actually yeah. from from no two years ago probably about in... four or five hundred okay. uh, vo- voters yeah, up. Higher than I thought this year. Yeah, it was about three thousand people <clears throat> voted this year. I think last year or last time around it was like twenty six hundred or something like that. So what's your plan now for the Democratic Party and Seymour going forward? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, like I said, I am going to take a, a week or two to digest all of this stuff. Uh, there's a lot of information to be gathered, um, a lot of data to look through and, and sift through and people to talk to, frankly. Um, you know, But I got to get with my leadership team on, on my Democratic Town Committee. We got to really do some soul searching, figure out how we want to proceed, um, what kind of strategies we want to take on, you know, if we want to start thinking about what we're going to do in 2021 and obviously more, more close, uh, 2020, um, you know, really, really start the ball rolling. If we want to, you know, sit down and think about, if we want to have some success. And then Mr. Miller, uh, is this, uh, is there a Bible around? Is there under your seat? Is there a Bible you could place? Oddly enough, we were talking about this on the car right here. Is this your last, term as Seymour's top elected official? I am 99.9% positive that this is my last term. So that's a no. I don't believe him. I don't. I, I, I for listen the, for the record. I will listen. I will. What, I will what's the, what's the point? Whatever. If, pers- if let's say it's the community center and we're trying to get it across the finish line. I mean, I would probably stay to get that across the finish line. I think people would, would understand that if there were candidate, two candidates that I thought were just not, prepared or we're going to do a good enough job as first selectman, I would probably stay. But if there was a great candidate, Republican or Democrat, I'm done. It's, I mean, 10 years, it's time for, uh, it's time for a change. I mean, I supported term limits because I don't think people should stay in these jobs forever. These are not lifetime appointments. I think change is good. We've, I think the, the team of people that have been in place the last eight years, both Republican and Democrat have done a good job of, you know, rebuilding the finances and kind of turning Seymour around, getting it headed in the right direction. I think having somebody come in with a, a fresh perspective on that, I think now would take Seymour to the next level. So, okay. So but I mean, I will not, I'm not going to be the person that says 100% because then something happens and I run and everybody calls me a liar. So I'll leave me leave that one tiny little wiggle. All right. Space. Gotcha. And if I could, I just want to add a couple things. Um, to the positive, you know, I don't want to be too negative. Uh, from our perspective, we did get some new people elected, um, people like Chris Bowen, uh, who's very deserving of his seat, despite the fact it wasn't contested. He did he did put in a lot of work. Um, oh, he did put effort in, yeah. He did. Yeah. He absolutely did, and he's um, he's done a good job engaging people, both in person and online. Um, you know, that's that's commendable, and that's a great thing that we can build on. Uh, Kwame Dunbar won a seat on. Uh, the board of finance, uh, that was a big thing. Tom Bennett, uh, first time candidate, won a seat on uh, the board of police commissioners, and I think he'll be a great addition to that board. So there's, there's some good. We still have some good people in the mix. Um, there's some good people that lost, unfortunately, um, but you know you just gotta pull yourself back up and, and go at it again. So it wasn't all bad. Do you guys want to look at some of the other towns uh, for a moment? Some takes. I mean, okay, Stefan, you that gave. was a pretty. Uh, that was a pretty uh, 
I don't know. You were stirring the pot there a little bit with the <laughs> with that well, question. Well, my, my, would we I, like? But yeah, I, sure, I, absolutely, I, absolutely. My, my fear, okay, so a lot of other like, towns here, are more fun to talk about. Here's yes. the thing about these podcasts, right? We're talking. It's an hour. It's labor intensive to edit these things, and uh, when all I ask is that uh, you know people people there are, it's the three of us in this room. What I'm trying to say. Don't bash people. I don't. I don't have time to reach out and be like, "Hey, Kurt Miller said this about you, Mr. Cassetti. How do you respond?" I don't need that. Okay, Kurt. I promise. Take your Cassetti bashing somewhere else. I will not bash. Yeah, the two of us, Kurt is, is far more likely to <laughs> bash Cassetti than than me. But okay, Stefan, you ran down the state of the Democratic Party as it is in 2019 in the town of Seymour. But if you go down Route Eight a little bit, yeah. first stop Derby. Get off at Home Depot right there. Democrats. Whoa, they just, they almost took yeah. out a first-term yeah. Republican. It would have never happened. It never I, happened before, right? I did not think, I thought, uh, you know, first-term incumbent, uh, regardless of the underlying issues yeah. uh, in Derby in terms of the big financial uh, stuff that dominated the campaign, I didn't, I didn't really think that would resonate and that he would have a cakewalk. Uh, what do you think happened there? Oh, it's, um, I mean, uh, Derby. again, you can't ever... I, I, I'm always very careful about saying what I think happened in an election because there's so many factors and it's really hard to know exactly which ones played a major role. Uh, but there's a few. One, uh, Brian Coppola was a great candidate. He he did the work. Um, you know, I was I wish I could have helped him more uh, because it was he was deserving of that help. But, you know, I had my own town to worry about. Um, you know, he did the work. They had a good Good candidates. Uh, Oni, who was who was in here earlier, uh, the chair of the Derby DTC, has done a really, really nice job of kind of putting the pieces back together in Derby. Um, they had some fighting from last time around. Um, and then, fighting, yeah. Yeah, infighting. And then, of course, you have the whole financial disaster that kind of fell upon the, the, the city. Uh, and I think that whether it's fair or not, whoever is in charge at the time is going to be held somewhat responsible when something like that is missed. Um, so I think it, it just came down to timing and work. Um, I think that they set a really good foundation. They did pick up uh, a bunch of seats on like they, Board of Aldermen. They, they, board yep. of Aldermen, which they I picked up seats surprised. on other boards, which is really impressive. I mean, um, yeah, and the, and the fact that, I, the, I mean, the treasurer who's been there for, yep. forever, I thought that was, a, that was a massive upset. Yep. I thought that was the biggest upset I've seen uh, other than – uh, uh, Mayor Cassetti defeating Delavolpe back well, in 2013. I'll let I'll let the reporter though. fill in the gaps as to why the treasurer's race may have gone the way it did. Um, I'm not nearly as surprised as as you might be. Um, but yeah, they, they they did a great job and together and they should be very gaps. very you got uh, gaps. proud. I'm quoting Rocky and Adrian from Rocky One. You got gaps. I got gaps. Together we fill gaps. <laughs> Uh, but my hypothesis with uh, the the Derby Democrats and their uh, resurgence, sort of there in, in Derby, was what is that that com- that 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 app you the crazy? Walk app? Yeah, like the van van, van app. Yeah, yeah, van. How important do you think that played in Derby? I mean, because that that has a lot of info. I was getting text messages all the time. I said it in this other podcast because my wife's a Democrat, Mm -hmm. but her number, her name is connected to my number. So I was getting calls, text messages. I said, I'd I'd write them back. They said, who are you voting for mayor? Brian Coppolo loves, you know, rainbows and education. And I was like, (laughs) I'm voting for Chris Bowen. Said it right back to him. (laughs) But how important were things like that 
Well, I mean, I've been I'm not told gonna. I'm, totally I'm not. Def, I'm definitely not going to peel back the layers of the onion with Van. Um, but I, I will say that any Do only Democrats have that. Any smart, any smart politician will know who their potential voters are and mm-hmm. will be effective in contacting them, regardless of a party. And I think you can't come. Cl- you can't even come close to competing if you're not getting those insights as to who your voters are yeah. and talking to those people. And that's a big problem that um the good news is they have a lot of young people involved there uh, partially because of the naugatuck valley young democrats but also because of just demographics um and young people embrace the technology and they embrace the fact that door knocking and contacting voters mm-hmm. is like 99 percent of the puzzle and uh some of some of the holdouts will say uh i think their days are, are numbered i mean local elections it's retail politics so if you're going to take the time to go to the doors and identify supporters, you want to make sure that those supporters are coming out on election day and the value of these apps, you know, I knock on Stefan's door and he says, well, yeah, Kurt, I support you. And it's election day and it's three o'clock. Stefan hasn't voted yet. You need to make sure you're reaching out to him to see, is there something wrong? Do you need a ride to the polls? Oh no, I'm working. I'm not going to get there till six o'clock. And you track your voters and you make sure that they're going to be there, particularly in close elections like we saw in Derby, you know, where if 40 people would have changed this election. Mm-hmm. So get if there's, the you know, I make it and my wife doesn't, thing. you know, or we're not getting absentee ballots in. I mean, you need to know and track where these votes are coming from because, I mean, in a lot of cases, every vote matters. A very, good, a, a very good campaign and uh, campaign staff and candidate will know what the results are before they happen. Right. They'll know within, you know, probably three or four percent of what the results are going to be. They're going to know, you know, you identify voters. That's a painstaking process. That's why you need to start campaigning early. You need to go to doors. You need to call people. You need to text them now. You know, Facebook, any way that you can get in touch with people. Um, You target those people. You find out bluntly, are you voting for us or not? If not, you go back and you keep hitting them. You keep hitting them until they give you an answer. And you just want it. I mean, obviously you want them to say yes, but you'd, you'd rather hear them say no than maybe, right? So you want to know who these people are. And then the last week is going back to these people and saying, will you vote for us? What, how are you getting there? Um, you know, what time of day are you going to vote? Just make sure that these people are, are going to show up. And then, you know, if you're a really good campaign, um, you will spend election day making sure all of the people who said they're voting for you right. have voted. And that's, Regardless of party, regardless of what issue you're pushing or what candidate you are, it's just common sense. It's what you have to do. It's 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 a nice thought to say that, oh, you know, I'm going to put my name up for office and and may the best man win. But that's just not the reality of winning elections. Right. And it's people probably don't like to hear that, quite frankly, because, um, you know, people want to think, well, the best person is going to win because they're going to get the most votes. No, a lot of times the best campaign wins because right. they're a lot more competent than the opposition. All right, Kurt Miller. On that thought, is that what is almost happened in Derby? Was it was it more that uh, Zekin's campaign wasn't quite as well oiled as the Democrats in Derby? Have you heard any scuttlebutt about that? Uh, I have not. I think you know the the Derby Republicans did a good job trying to ID voters and uh, making phone calls and making contacts. You know, if you look back historically in Derby, elections are close. If you go back to you know the St- Tony Staferi days when it was you know Foley and Staferi. 
those races were never separated by it, there was never big numbers and that separated the, numbers, the two it, of them it's almost mir- a miracle that republicans always get in because they're outnumbered yeah. by democrats and then Unaffiliated even, blows everybody away you know, even when then anita beat tony i mean those were close uh zeke's first race against anita was close and i think last uh, two years ago was kind of the um outlier where there was such a large number uh, to the victory that zeke had he won by a couple hundred votes mm-hmm. Um, you know, I definitely think the the finance issues played a part in that. You know, that's a big hurdle to get over when you have a lot of people that are upset when the mill rate goes up, taxes go up. Um, they perceive that there's financial mismanagement. Um, and, you know, to Stefan's point, you know, you're the person that's in charge. So I think you instantly get blamed regardless of who's at fault. I honestly think that the residents of Derby got it right with where they laid the blame for the financial woes that the city of Derby had. Um, and I think, you, you know, if you go down the ballot and see how votes went, uh, I think the blame was laid in the correct position. One of the amazing things about the text messages that I kept getting from uh, the Derby Democrats, which I've never had happen before, they would ask me, uh, you know, what's your, what's the top, what's the, your biggest concern as a Derby resident. And it was, you know, I think the guy's name was Josh. And I was just like getting my, my husband out of Archie Moore's. And despite the fact I was trying to, they just kept at it. They, yeah. you know, the whole time. So well, you, campaigns, are, you have to have, messaging. you have to have extremely thick skin to actually be a candidate or to do campaigning because the amount of times that I've gone to doors of people I know are Democrats and I know will vote for me. And they tell me to get the F off their property without, <laughs> without asking me a question is it's laugh. staggering. It happens all the time. It's, and it, it goes both ways and it's, yeah, it's, it's people that you don't expect. It's people that you know are nice people typically, but they're for some reason it, in this day and age, people get right. horrifically offended. If you show up on their doorsteps, right. like it's you, for some reason, yes. the, the, the yeah. 30 it's second, tough. the 32nd imposition and, and, you know, sorry to, sorry to voters who feel like this, but come on, I mean, get it together, grow it's, up. It's a democracy. You know, people are, coming, people are coming to talk to you about something that's important to you and that you will often complain that you don't know about. Well, and, the then, and then when, you get to, when we get to your doorstep, instead of even just saying, okay, great, I'll take this into consideration. And, I, and then all of that I'm going to say is, hey, give me a call if you have any questions. I'll, I might come back to check in. Uh, instead, they say, "No, no, you need to get out of here. I can't be bothered to listen to you for thirty seconds." But it then, is, but then I'll turn around and I'll complain when I don't know what's what's coming up. It is so amazing. That, I, that's that's the biggest. Or they won't vote. That's the biggest yeah. irritant that I think every uh, candidate and and canvasser has that they don't often speak in public. But just know that anybody who's ever gone door knocking is very irritated with uh, a, a segment of the people that they talk to. Right. There's a lot of people, even people who won't vote for you. That are very nice. There are there are plenty of those people too, mm-hmm. um, and it, it does it can be very rewarding to talk to a lot of those people, and even to you know try maybe convince some of those people to come your way, or even if not, just you know they they know you now and it, you're not like some sort of evil person anymore, uh, because you're on a different side. But no, it's it's the people who who won't who are outright hostile just because you've come to you know introduce yourself. It's it's unacceptable behavior. It's very it's well, very immature behavior. I, I don't know where that came from, but even uh, I, I remember starting as a reporter in 1998, and all the time you'd have to go, you know, like say there was a shooting, you always knocked on all the neighbors' do- mm-hmm. doors to talk to people. It was just you just you would just do it. When Governor Rowland got into all his trouble, I remember just going door to door in Danbury, just knocking on people's doors. And but something's changed. Like mm-hmm. now. Well, because it's not I never expected. do that anymore. Because right. it's Just not expected like, anymore. There's 
uh, you know, I think you know about it, right? This is the Sebastian Maniscalco. He has a great comedy bit about it where 20 years ago, it used to be an event when mm. somebody would, would ring the doorbell, right? He used to say, oh, that's exciting. Let's go see. Let's yeah. go see who it is. Yeah, like, oh, come on, like come yeah. on in, come on yeah. in. Now, if you don't get three texts and a, and a courtesy call before you show up, people are like, who the hell's at my door? Right. What are they doing? I hate when people ring yeah. their doorbell. Sure, but like, but, but don't like be a dick. Hide. Be a nice person. Oh, like, yeah. it's... You know, I mean, it's... Wait, you just curse? You can't curse on my podcast? Man, I'm going to have to edit. All right, hopefully nobody heard that. He said dork. He said dork. Don't be a dork. For the record, he said dork. Let's go to Ansonia. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, this was, I, I you know, land, that was the land, a... The land of dorks. That was... That wow. Was Stefan Bahuniak. Yeah, that was Stefan Bahuniak, please. I love a lot of people in Ansonia. Town Democratic Seymour uh, guy. <laughs> but... I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I don't know where you thought that was going to go in terms of the mayor's race of, of Phil Tripp challenging uh, Mayor Cassetti. Surprise? Not surprised? Do you think um, it was going to be close? I didn't I, know where that was going. I was. Uh, I was. I didn't think it was going to be close at all. Why? I have a philosophical. I have no issue with Phil Tripp uh, as a person. You know, he's an okay guy. I've never had a, a problem with him, but. I think a lot of people were upset that someone that is as conservative as he is was running or was was potentially um, was running as a Democrat, and I think it turned a lot of Democrats off. That you know, six months, three months before he announced he was running, he was uh, the, one of the biggest Trump supporters in the area. He was putting a lot of stuff on social media that was very hard right. Um, you don't just switch. In three months. And I think what it turned into, it was, you know, political expediency that this was an opportunity for him to settle a personal score against the mayor and run against him. And the Democratic ticket was the easiest platform. The people I feel bad for, the Democrats in the city of Ansonia, because they didn't have a person, in my opinion, that truly represents their values, that truly represents the values of the Democratic Party. They had someone Although he that, was embraced. I mean, and did you listen to the the podcast interview that I did with him? You weren't. You didn't I think did. he came from the heart when he sort of explained why he had that change of heart. So if I put something on my Facebook that basically says that anybody that comes into this country illegally is bringing disease, I'm going to put that out tomorrow, and then three weeks from now I'm going to apologize and say I shouldn't have said that. I was wrong. I don't know what I was thinking. People aren't going to let me off the hook for that. You don't, your values don't change in, in three months. I'm sorry, they just don't. And that's the problem with, I think, politics. You know, if you want to run against someone, run against them. Run as a Republican, run in the primary. Run as an unaffiliated voter. Don't mask yourself and go to the Democratic Party. Again, I feel bad for the Democrats in the city of Ansonia because I think they got sold a bill of goods. There's plenty of good Democrats in the city of Ansonia that would have been a much better challenge to Mayor Cassetti than Phil Tripp. Although overall, the Democrats had a decent night. They picked up uh, seats on the board of aldermen. Those are Democrats. I mean, Tarek Roslin, like him or not, he's a Democrat, and he's true to his core values. He won. But, well, he's a town chairman. Who, right, but he's true to his values, and he won. Now he has a seat on the board of aldermen, and you saw several other folks that picked seats up. How are they able to do that? And Phil Tripp gets blown out. Again, because he's masking as a Democrat. He is not a Democrat, and it's it's a shame. I, I don't know where the Democratic Town Committee and Ansonia goes from here. I really don't, because they've put 
I, I just I don't agree with it. Stefan, as a member or head of the Democratic Party up in Seymour, I, what was the talk heading into this race? Well, there wasn't a lot of talk among Seymour Democrats about the Antonio race, believe it or not. But um, but you 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 were involved but, but, with the young the Valley correct, young yeah Democrats I, I have a little bit of insight. Um, who I think they interviewed <laughs> Trip did they endorsement not publicize it what was that what ended up happening? i'm not gonna get into what happened um with that um that's not my place to say uh what i will say is on one of your podcasts i did say that if the situation was happening in seymour i don't think we would have uh taken the same course of action that they did um i believed you know is as little as i follow ansonia which is probably i probably follow ansonia more than i should but it's not not a ton um you know i'm not someone who's big on switching parties to for political expediency um i think it would be very easy for me to become a republican in seymour and win a seat on pretty much any board i would like i don't i don't think i would have a problem because i know that i would outwork whoever my opponent is and if i had the r it would make my life a lot easier but i wouldn't do that because i I'm not a Republican, so and I don't trust people who say that they're one thing but aren't. With that said, I had I, w- I had an opportunity to talk to Phil Tripp at length um, through Naugatuck Valley Young Democrats. Um, I found him to be very genuine uh, in his you know remorse for if you want to call it remorse for past actions. Um, I talked to a lot of people within the Ansonia Democrats who were even more convinced than I was about mm-hmm. his, um, you know, his, let's call it a come to Jesus moment where he realized that he's no longer a Republican. Um, I mean, you never know what is in the soul of a person. Um, but I, I do believe that he, I, I don't believe he's a Republican any longer. If, if you had to say, do, or do you believe everything that Democrats stand for? I don't know. I just don't know him well enough, but I, I do believe that, um, I understand why they did what they did in endorsing him. Uh, but with that said, I'm not overly surprised about the results at the top of the ticket uh, for Mayor and Ansonia just because it is it is hard. It, one, uh, Cassetti is an entrenched incumbent. Whether you think it's the proper course of action or not, and Kurt would know more than most about this, uh, he hasn't raised taxes very much. Um, you know, some people have seen a big tax increase but the mill rate hasn't gone up and people only like to look at the mill rate um sometimes now it's always going to be hard to be an incumbent it's always going to be hard to convince somebody that this person who was a republican is now a democrat uh but but he did run a much closer race than they did the last couple times around um and there was a lot of successes uh, for the Ansonia Democrats, they picked up four seats on the board of aldermen. Uh, potentially, you know, it's a small chance, but they have a couple of recounts coming. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's always potentially that they could pick up a couple more. Uh, they picked up some seats on on some of the down ballot races. Um, the town clerk, which was yeah, the town clerk, which is which is a big one. Yeah, um, I think I think the future of Ansonia Democrats is bright. Um, they they just need to uh, if they want to get Cassetti out, they really need to start now and i think they they already have started to lay the groundwork for um the way that they're going to beat them but they they need a, a candidate that is going to somehow get that 50 plus one percent of the of the vote uh, and, 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 I, I, I don't know who it is exactly but they're they're it's on them to figure it out but i think they could build on it every two years they've brought up the financial mismanagement of the city and every two years there's 
many letters to the editor sent mm-hmm. that I publish uh, highlighting, you know, this the way the finances are in the city of Ansonia. But he keeps getting reelected. Don't do they have to do something different? Well, and also, how much of it? Ha- <clears throat> do you have an idea of how much? The Democrats in Ansonia are sort of fueled by a dislike of Cassetti because it does seem personal between the two sides. Uh, I don't. It did a little bit last night. And I don't want to put I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth or feelings in anyone's hearts or anything like that. What have you observed? But but I will say I don't think there was any great personal animosity with uh, Mayor Cassetti until 2017 when uh, they pulled some very dirty political tricks. Some some that you publicized heavily um they i believe that they crossed a line that you shouldn't be crossing and i think that sent some people over the edge and i would also caution people that some of the loudest voices that are attributed to the democratic party aren't necessarily in the democratic party these are you know lone actors um you know unfortunately for my sanity i I follow the ansoni community pages right and you know, it's it's good for a laugh sometimes, but uh, and and a lot of but times it's, also de- it's it can be soul sucking. Well, a lot of times there's some really good stuff posted in there because there's so much content that comes out of those pages. There is a percentage that is good, positive stuff, and that's nice. But there's just so much bickering and back and forth and just petty disputes, and it's it's. But I'll, I'll tell you, a lot of that are people that are not associated with the parties. They're just kind of right. lone crazy people. But if you gotcha. know, if I can add one thing, you know, you, <clears throat> there's not financial mismanagement in the city of Ansonia. People may not like the way the finances are being managed, and I think it comes down to a philosophical thing. When you say financial mismanagement, you you, you know, money's lost, uh, money's being stolen, um, that type of thing. That's not the case in Ansonia. It's a philosophy that the Cassetti administration has followed that a lot of people do not agree with. I mean, I personally don't agree with some of the things that they did early on with the heavy use of fund balance. But if you know, if you sit down and you have a conversation with them, why did you do that? They have a very specific reason, and they were following a, a set plan. Now, you could say, I don't agree with the plan. I think the plan is bad. But I think using the term financial mismanagement is not, is just not the right term to mm-hmm. use. And again, to you know, to get back to one other point, um, with you know, with the Democratic candidate for mayor, you know, denouncing President Trump doesn't mean that you're not a Republican anymore. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of of President Trump. I you know, I like some of the policies that he's he's put in. I like some of the stances that he's taken. That's a small part of what he's done. There's a lot of things that I don't agree with that I I don't think should be doing. So distancing yourself from the president is not saying that you're not a Republican anymore. And I don't think in a, in a three or four month period, your values change because there's some very distinct differences between Republicans and and Democrats. And I don't think you lose that over a three month period as, as entrenched as Phil was in the values of a Republican. I can see someone like me who kind of straddles the line, um, switching from a Republican to a Democrat because, you know, I'm fiscally conservative. I'm socially tolerant. Um, so I can, I think I'm very close. That was definitely not Phil. I mean, Phil was a, a hard right 
uh, conservative. And to make the jump from there to a Democrat in a very short period of time, again, I just I just don't buy. So, I mean, I could now if he jumped over to become a Republican. OK, that makes sense. That's not a big jump. There's not a lot of difference between the two of us. I think we probably agree on 60 or 70 percent of the issues, but there's the 30 percent that's the core of the Republicans, the core of the Democrats. We're just going to respectfully disagree with each other on. I don't I don't see how someone in Phil's position makes that big of a jump. You know, I don't see how a, a Tara Roslin. I mean, he's not here. No, and I mean, I'm he not is a public him. figure. And I'm he, not he is a public him. figure, and he saying. ran for mayor. So I think it, it is. It, we're, it's certainly our right to to discuss this issue. Right. But, but like Tarek, are, I don't are, see Tarek becoming a Republican either. But I well, would use the exact same thing. All right. Him, so those are him coming the other way. Tarek is is. But is if, a, do you a think very, Phil fooled them because they embraced him I, and they were with him? I'll, uh, I'll go back to they, what I. If I don't think he fooled them, but. If they're I, I convinced think he's, that he's a Democrat, isn't he? Can we go with them because they endorsed him and stood by him? And uh, you know, I mean, it wasn't like they were ignoring him; they were with him a hundred percent, from what I saw. I think the process of and, and I'll get to that. this is not. This is, I, I didn't even really want to talk about this, but um, he, from from what I have personally witnessed and talked to people about, I don't think it's necessarily accurate to say that. He had a, a switch at three months ago. I think it was this has been a process that he, you know, and, and again, you can't judge the soul of a person you don't know, but but i I would tend to believe that he's he's come a long way from what he was, whether that's good, bad or, or indifferent. Um, but you know, do I think he's he's the most <laughs> left leaning guy ever? Probably not, but I, I I don't know that it's it's necessarily fair to dismiss him calling himself a democrat now well and and just and that's a fair point um, i mean if you want to talk about trump <laughs> yeah, trump, well, trump yeah. has been back and forth a million times well trump, that's what i'm saying trump I was mean, one of the trump was one of the most liberal people right. around you know he the guy hates guns whether whatever he says right now to appease his base the guy you know donated to every democratic candidate there is mm -hmm. and now he he realized the path to expediency if you want to talk about that and oh, I agree. And he ran with it wholeheartedly. So uh, it's it's not. I was a Kasich guy, so I'm. <laughs> I mean, uh, so it's not like it's it's you know, you know. But the, to, uh, to that point again, I, I mean, I mean, we don't want to certainly beat up on on Phil. That's not the point. Because again, personally, I have no issues with Phil. I mean, I've always had a good relationship with yeah. him. Very cordial. And I'm saying that because I'm waiting <laughs> for the 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 email from someone saying I didn't give Phil yeah. or his campaign a chance right. to respond. But then again, I mean, this is a political event. It was a race for right. mayor. Yeah, that's why. And, and again, this is reacting to it. You know, I'm not bashing Phil as a person. I'm just talking about the decisions. You know, the political decisions that were made. Um, but but again, you know, if you're having that change of heart and you're moving that way, you know, you're going to go back and you're going to look at old social media posts and things like that, and you're going to say, well, maybe I should have taken some of that stuff down, or you know, you'll delete different things. Um, that stuff was all right up there. Mm -hmm. Until right before, after he announced. So, you know, if, you know, you had that big a change of heart, you're going to go back and say, wow, I shouldn't have, have done that. And all that stuff was, was still up on social media. You know, you shut your page down, you, you strip all that down. You just can't reinvent yourself. I mean, this day and age, stuff is public. Stuff is out there. If you said it, you said it. But to Stevon's point, I mean, people can have a change of heart. They can realize, hey, maybe my thinking was not correct. 
I just and then on the local level, we're all so it's not like we're all you know the national level. There seem to be the different different tribes, and they're separated. Well, you see, but on the, the local level, man, there's some Democrats, and who that's a fair point. Trump, and it's all over the yeah, place. Now, especially you, in Derby, and I can tell you, there's a lot. That's of, a fair uh, point. There are a lot of uh, Democrats. We'll call them Democrats that I know, and I'm not saying necessarily people that are on my town committee, who the only way they're a Democrat is because they haven't changed their party registration and the same thing for Republicans. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um it's there's, a, there's sometimes there's, there's a and there's also and, and there's level. a reason, you know, to if you want to get into political philosophy. After um, this let's talk about ice. Sure, let's yeah, okay. We can talk <laughs> about ice all we want. That's that'll be fun. That would make um, the drink colder, yes. <laughs> um uh there's a there's a reason that um, you know, towns tend to skew towards Republicans um whereas uh you know like the state will go towards democrats and it's really that i think that people want to um people don't want their town government spending too much money essentially and republicans have done a great job of branding themselves as the people who don't spend a lot of money which if you you we can go town by town all we want and we could look at who which mayors have spent the most money and and not to say mismanaged but poorly managed their money and i don't think you would find any correlation between republicans and democrats on that because town issues are so vastly different than state or national issues that republicans and democrats in different places get a boost that is probably undeserved in town races because people associate things that they like on a national scale with things that they think are going to happen locally and it's just it's every town is different every municipality is different and you know it's it's why that i say this all the time when i'm here but i don't think you should be allowed to have a a party affiliation if you're running in the town election i think you should have to earn it on your own merits because there's just so many people despite all the work that people do to inform voters there's just so many people who for whatever reason don't take the time to get informed about what the people actually believe in, they just say, you know what, I'm a Republican, I vote Republican, or I'm a Democrat, yeah. I vote Democrat. See, and I, I agree with that on the local level. There's not, I mean, we're not going to get into a gun discussion, we're not going to get into an abortion discussion at the Board of Selectmen. They, you know, to Stefan's point, we want to talk about, you know, keeping taxes stable, making sure the roads are plowed, roads are repaired, garbage is picked up, we have a good school system. Those are local issues. And had he just said, Listen, I, I'm a Republican. I'm going to switch to an unaffiliated. I'm going to run as a Democrat because locally, I have a huge problem with what took place um, with the funding with the Board of Education, and I personally side with this group of folks. And if this group of folks wants to endorse and support me because we have a similar local belief, I have absolutely no problem with that. I mean, that's that's the way it should be. But to Stevan's point. Switching from a Republican to a Democrat, it really has nothing to do with those races. It's it's more I align with this group of people that live in the city of Ansonia. These people want to support me, and I'm going to run with their endorsement. That I would have preferred, in my opinion, had Phil done that. Just said, I'm going to switch from a Republican to an unaffiliated voter, but I'm going to run with the support and the endorsement of the Democratic Party in Ansonia. I would have absolutely no problem with that. Just to... The last thing I'll probably ever say about Phil Tripp's 2019 run for mayor, I personally found him to be genuine in, in my conversations with him. But again, you don't know, but I I found him to be genuine at the same time. If it was my town committee, I don't think that we would have gone on the same path. Yeah. And I think that's the simplest way I could put it. And in fairness, nice... I haven't spoken to Phil in probably five or six months. 
it would have been nice to see them debate i think if they had somehow worked yeah. out i think the i think that would have been very interesting yeah so good yeah i had him in here he did not avoid a question yeah. he did not no. uh, i think part of the reason i found him to be to and the be, same thing with mario cassetti they part both. of the reason i found him to be genuine is he talked very candidly and he's done this in public about his life and his past and his beliefs mm. and he's admitted he's been wrong on things and, and you know you never know you never know but but to the point of the debate I, I i really enjoyed the email you sent me asking if i wanted to debate you because no one would agree to debate so i would have gladly debated. <laughs> if i was in the state i would have taken you up on it <laughs> i you know what i don't remember sending that yeah so you did, it was, that might have been an archie moore's tweet i got it I, yeah i woke up one morning i was in west virginia in a cabin and i, I look at my email and <laughs> it was literally just like do you want to come in and debate me? No one else will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. All right, gentlemen. Uh, I think that's a wrap. I want to thank you well, guys. You want to talk about Shelton? No. Why, is, why is Shelton always excluded in the Valley? Because you know what? They got money for advertising, and they got their own paper the over Shelton there. Shelton Herald, right? Yeah. 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 The yeah, enemy, where, the enemy. Where does the co- where does the corporation go? Where the money is. That's why we're a nonprofit, one person newspaper here Ooh. in Derby and Ansonia. Donate, donate to Valiandy, Valiandy.org. Seymour is like in this sort of nebulous media land where you don't. You're kind of like you're. Just well, two thirds of our town gets voices. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Veronica was at our board of selectmen meeting again. Not the whole town, mind you. Not the whole yeah, town gets the whole voices. Town. Yeah, some of the town gets voices. Some of the town. Gets yeah, voices. And, but it's yeah. it's like a Bethlehem yeah. Roxbury focused newspaper. So yeah, we, I love that when you hear about yeah. The, yeah. You yeah. get a lot of details nice. in the Bethlehem it's fair. Nice. You're really you're really knocking out of the park with those. Not legal to knock notices. the voices. Reaching a lot of Seymour residents yeah. who want to show up for a public hearing yeah. on affordable housing. Voices is where people not to knock the voices. They uh they do show up to a lot of meetings and they cover a lot of things that you wouldn't necessarily expect. But Mean Jean, she's a regular. Talked to her twice today. Wow. Yeah. You should have brought her. She could have done this. Yeah. I could have went to Crave. Look at, well, you know, some. It's like he's getting advertising dollars by just giving shoutouts. He's, he's listing every no, business, none, every none business in the valley. <laughs> hey, if you want no, Eugene, none of these people will advertise. That's Eugene, Eugene will say the name of your business, but if you want, if you want him to actually tell you how good the food is and and what dish to order, throw him a few hundred bucks. That's right. It's yeah, not that hard. Come on, you're a business. You could afford it. Copper City, we could go there for drinks afterwards, right? Maybe good. get something to eat at the. I uh, don't know about Copper City. They don't. They're not very good, from what I've heard. No, actually, you know bet. what? Honestly, though, no. I went there when they <laughs> first they opened. Don't donate. I'm trying they, to. <laughs> they were good. They, did they were ever, good. Did they ever no, well, donate? The, right, no, no, no. Of course not. Nobody. Did. Then they're bad. But. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever get like it doesn't it does even if we were a newspaper I, I you know if you're if you're a business where are you going to advertise why would you go to the local publication like this when you can just go to Facebook and you know yeah. do that it's just that's kind of a reality yeah. uh, so really I always complain about we don't have any advertisers but if I ran Crave or Copper City I pro- I wouldn't advertise uh, in this either. It's just sort of a uh, a reality. You definitely so, don't want to cut this part out of the podcast. Now I'm going to jump out the window. <laughs> but you know something? If you had a monthly show with Stefan and I, we would drive the ratings up. I have I, a lot more free time. And think? I guarantee you, you would get a ton of advertising. You'll get your Lammy in court. I'm Why? already I'm already anxious about this. I'm gonna have uh, Phil Tripp's campaign, angry emails. Why? I don't think we Why? were disrespectful. We just I got. I don't think we really got into anything that isn't public no. knowledge, really. No, yeah, I'm just. I mean, I think up. in some of the other races, we could have definitely gone to some places, but we. All right, ladies and gentlemen, 
I want to thank you. What about you Oxford? Do we, we don't want to cover Oxford? Look, Beacon I, Falls? I, I got a... Uh, I mean, what kind of political breakdown is this? Oxford's not part of the Valley anymore. They're gone. Beacon Falls? Uh, never no? Heard. Beacon I've Falls is a wild it. land. Yeah, it's a, it's I, a I don't strange, know. strange I don't know. place. I didn't make the coverage area. I was, I'm a hired gun. A lot of that's another thing. People think like I own this. I don't. I'm. I'm I thought employee. you did too. No, I had nothing. I was brought on years after they got the grant. I was. I'm just an employee. If I had it, I wouldn't have said like, "Hey, let's cover Seymour." Shall I would have picked one town. To that would have been it. And yeah, you know. So, I, it's not my fault. <laughs> All right. See you. <laughs> Our life.